Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles on the existence, like in the entire existence of the internet, there has never been a better site for fantasy basketball than HashtagBasketball.com, and I stand by that statement Unless something happens in like the next like decade or so, and another site comes out that's better, you know, then I can't stand by that statement. You know, this is a, a today backwards type of statement. The best fantasy basketball site on the internet today and in, in, in to the previous past eternity, not forward, because I can't predict the future, everybody. So I'm not I'm not going to be predicting the future here. Check out. HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? You made my brain hurt with that statement about the always in the past and the forever and the never. And I don't know. I, I lost. If if True Detective Season 1 taught us anything is that time's a flat circle. And I want to make sure that I'm covering my bases. I don't want to come on here and promise things for the rest of eternity that you know everything is gonna be exactly what i say for the rest of eternity you know i I can't promise that i'm not i'm not gonna come out here and guarantee that you're gonna win your fantasy basketball league i think we we help people win their fantasy basketball league but i'm not gonna guarantee anything that's just that's just untruthful and i'm trying to stay honest to the listeners about the time dilation of eternity and the quality of hashtag basketball.com I was listening to a thing the other day about what people would do if the internet was just like permanently gone. And that's what it made me think about. Wow. That's what it made me think about? Yeah. That made right. me think about. Um, let's, I, I don't even know what to say to that, Tyler. Good. Good. Uh-huh. I, I flummoxed you. That's, that's my, that's my goal in life. Um, I, I, I just saw a box score that was, also flummoxing that's probably not a word um and it was johnny collins uh one of the most hyped players going in to this season who um i would say is starting to work his way towards being worth probably wherever you drafted him i'm not sure he's ever going to meet his um his draft day value this year he was definitely the most hyped um I guess, quote unquote, sleeper. And we said this a billion times. If a guy is on everyone's sleeper list, he is no longer a sleeper. And Johnny Collins was that guy. You know, he was the most hyped um, guy going into this season. And, you know, last year we were like, man, John Collins could be a real stud, good free throw shooter, uh, really, really good at blocks kind of like uh, getting really, really great rebounds in, in limited minutes. And um, his minutes are up. He's playing about 30 minutes a game. His points are way up. Shout out to him. He's hitting threes. He's hitting almost a three a game. He Probably by the end of the year, I think he'll be hitting a three a game. Um, getting double-digit rebounds, which is something that his per 36 last year definitely predicted. But he's only getting a he's getting less than a half a block a game. That's really strange. 
Who's getting a block a game in 24 minutes? He's getting less than half a block a game in 30 minutes this year. So you, you read his stat line, and it's very good. So um, per game value, where do you think that sits Johnny Collins for the season in an eight-category league? Per game value, not uh, knowing that his blocks are down, but uh, you know, twenty and ten, he's kind of a little bit. He's a kind of like DeAndre Ayton esque with, uh, but he hits threes, but he doesn't get steals and blocks. So like, cut. You're kind of like you're the 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 steals and blocks always push rankings pretty high. Um, and after his thirty five and eight performance against, uh, he went fourteen for sixteen against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, pro tip, everybody, if uh, somebody on your roster is playing the Chicago Bulls, put them in your roster, start them. Um, but he didn't he didn't have any he didn't have any blocks tonight, so kind of strange. I would say he's like, you know, 49, like 50. You are very game. close. He's 53rd. Okay. That's now, pretty good. Where do you think his ADP was? So uh well, he was probably going in the fourth round if I remember correctly. So I'm going to think like 44. Okay. So um, we can both agree that that's not right. Some great value on the pick. Yeah, it was far too high, but it also wasn't a complete bust where you picked a guy unknown if he was going to get the playing time unknown, if he was going to pan out at like 44 and he's like a top 50 player. Cool. So if you look at fantasy pros, the ADP is actually 53, which is exactly what he's ranked. Weird. That's very strange. Uh, now, Yahoo was 48. ESPN was 51. CBS leagues, he got him at a discount. He was 66. Okay. So he's basically. We, we agree that nobody knows what they're doing in, C- in CBS drafts. Well, CBS plays a lot of points, too, I think, which. That's true. You know, I mean, and in points leagues, right? Like, you just want the points. It doesn't really matter what stats. So things can get a little hairy there, right? Like, one category contributors are a lot more viable in those kind of leagues because especially things that weight, you know, certain categories a little higher than others. Um, so assuming the blocks come back and we've seen some fruky, uh, some fluky stuff, you know, like this in the past with players, he's actually going to exceed his draft day price, which is definitely surprising to both you and I, because I don't think either one of us really saw that coming. And the big thing is they're actually playing him the minutes this year. Like for whatever reason, he only got 24 last year and you know, they were playing dead men. They were playing this person, that person. Um, they're kind of unleashing John Collins as he came back from that injury. And yeah, I mean, it, it's hard not to be on board with John Collins for the rest of the season. Yeah. Are you more surprised about the points like the, the the kind of a drastic increase in points versus uh, – or are you more surprised uh, with his lack of blocks? Well, the points don't super surprise me in the sense that someone's got to score on this team. right? Someone and, other than Trey Young has to score on this team. Well, and here's why the I think the offensive rebounds are way up is Trey Young misses a lot of shots, man. He certainly does. And you know what I mean? Just they're and they're playing faster. They're shooting a little quicker than they have in the past. So they're just making a lot more offensive rebound attempts because there are a lot more shots. If they get things figured out and get a little more efficient, like I think you could see those rebound numbers actually go down. Now I don't think that's gonna happen this season, but 
in future seasons. I think it actually might hurt his rebound total because they're not bricking so many shots every game. The blocks thing is just a statistical anomaly. Like we've only seen 38 games from or 30 games from John Collins, 28 of which that he started. I think it's just a statistical anomaly. Now the question becomes, was last season the anomaly or is this season the anomaly, right? Because we've still only seen 104 games from him total. I tend to think it's this season, but maybe it was last season's 1.1. Maybe he's more like a 0.7 or a 0.8 block guy, which even that would be doubling his total uh, for the season. Yeah, like they have to come up at some point. You would just think based on – how he plays, the position he plays, everything. You would think that the, the blocks would come up at eventually, but uh, maybe he's, you know, well, maybe he's learned better defensive positioning and, and, and going for blocks isn't as it's kind of like when Hassan Whiteside went from like five blocks to two and a half. You know, uh, Johnny Collins went from uh, potentially getting like a one and a half blocks to a half a block. And here's the other two things I'll say about it. He's playing significantly more power forward this season. Sure. Uh, the the breakdown was 60 to 38. And he actually played 2% of his minutes at small forward as a rookie, according to basketball reference. And this year it's 83% power forward, 17% center. Yeah, so he's basically playing half the amount of time as a center um, that he did last year. So there's that. Secondarily, we've seen this for some other guys where – if you play more minutes, right, you can kind of go ham in 24 minutes and go all out on trying to block everything and get to every shot because there's no risk of fouling out really because you're not playing that many minutes anyways. That's number one. And number two, you have a lot more energy, right? If you're only playing 24 minutes a game, you got to spread that same amount of energy over six more minutes now. Maybe we're just seeing him kind of use a more tactical approach and he's – being asked to do a lot more things on the offensive end. I mean, he basically doubled his shot attempts this year, right? Yeah. So maybe that is affecting his energy on the defensive end and his ability to kind of go around and try to swat every shot. Um, that, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it could be a combination of all those things. He's asked to take on a more offensive load that's hurt his defense. Like we've seen we've seen the reverse happen. We, we've seen people who are taking, uh, you know, more. We've seen both of them happen. You know, Jimmy Butler takes on more offensive load his defense suffers and vice versa someone's asked to take on more uh defensive load and their offense uh, ends up suffering down the stretch just because it's an exhausting game yeah so i I mean there's a lot of things going into it and then it'll definitely be really interesting to see where that block total ends up at the end of the season for john collins and it's going to have a real big impact on his value right because with 20 and 10 and a block a game he's pushing that top 30 but with half a block a game, he's probably right about fifty. So yeah. you know, that that half a block is going to make a huge that, difference in his value. That would be a, a a huge huge difference, and definitely someone who will be. I mean, what is he? 22, 21? Like he's going to be someone who is a fantasy factor uh, for years to come. So yes. keeping an eye on him is very very important. Uh, but let's Tyler, let's get into it. Let's talk about all these buy low guys out here that uh, have been sneaking around. Uh, some of these guys might've even fell to your waiver wire at some point, but um, you know, there, there's always a chance at any time. And, and, and 
you said this before the show, Tyler. You think there's going to be some action uh, here upcoming in the in the NBA? A lot of a lot of maneuvering, a lot of trade maneuvering. Not you weren't talking about mellow to the Bulls. You were you're talking about real trades that are affecting fantasy values. Uh, you think that's going to be happening over here in the next few weeks? Well, I mean, I, I just think that West is still so packed that teams want to make the playoffs, right? Be it for the playoff share, right? The money, be it for the notoriety, be it for a lot of reasons, right? Everybody wants to be in the playoffs. And I think teams are going to get a little bit desperate to make an upgrade. And therefore, there's going to be some trades. And we see a lot of teams that are already out of it and they have no incentive to win, right? We're looking at the Hawks, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Cavs, the I've, Suns. I've certainly seen the Chicago Bulls play this year, so I know what you're talking about. Right? So those teams are incentivized to sell, and the other teams, I mean, we're still, the Mavericks are 13th in the Western Conference, and they are less than five games out of the last spot. Yeah, the West, the West is a bloodbath, and I think there's going to be some teams who – make a few moves to be like, all right, we haven't made the playoffs in a while, or, you know, this is a year we got to make some, we got to make some moves and, and it, maybe it's even better for their long term. And so I agree. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be some moves and we're, maybe we'll uh, do some speculation here in the near future on a separate podcast. Maybe uh, we'll even release that podcast early to our Patreon subscribers uh, who do get exclusive access, including early access to podcasts just like this one over on patreon.com slash watching the boxes shout out to all our patreon subscribers out there and thank you for helping support the show we truly appreciate it um, Ooh, so i'm gonna flip this around on you before we get going oh um so we we just a few hours ago saw the victor oladipo go down and you people listening to this maybe know a little bit more about the injury than us right um it didn't look good Woj thinks he's probably out for the season so is there anybody on the Pacers that you are specifically buying because of this injury? Um, obviously, there's a lot of options. Maybe some of them are a little bit better than others. Yeah, I mean, uh, tragic injury here for Oladipo. It looks like he might be out for the rest of the season. Sounds like it. Uh, hopefully, that is not something serious that affects him longer than just the rest of the season. Uh, because he's, you know been having a very great year. He had an incredible year last year. And, um, you know, I, I think this really helps Darren Collison quite a bit um, because Darren Collison will be probably asked to have the ball in his hands a little bit more, facilitate the offense a little bit more, something that Oladipo was uh, known for doing already. Like it was just kind of a handoff between him and uh, Oladipo and Darren Collison. And I think, you know, Darren Collison is now the primary ball handler, He'll be the uh, primary focal point of uh, facilitating the offense. And I also think he plays, you know, he's going to get some of those minutes. Um, so I'd, I'd look at Darren Collison first. And uh, you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm looking a little bit at uh, both Bogdanovich and Tyreek Evans, uh, both of which we've seen be fantasy relevant in the past. Bogdanovich, um, not the most exciting fantasy player, but does enough plays enough to to stay fantasy relevant. But Tyreek Evans, on the other hand, uh, known for being very fantasy relevant when he plays starters minutes. I'm wondering if Tyreek Evans gets the nod to uh, to move into a starters role. Yeah, and I'm 
I think the shot attempts thing is just going to be really spread around now. Uh, I think we've seen, you know, with Victor Oladipo out this season that they kind of go back and forth, right? Bogdanovich will take the most shots one night, Miles Turner one night, Darren Collison one night, Thad Young one night, maybe Sabonis, somebody off the bench one night. So um, I could all they're all going to see a little uptick in scoring, though. I mean, just being that guy on one night now instead of once every 10 nights, it's once every five nights. Like you're going to see an uptick in scoring from a lot of these players, um, which may, you know, boost their value in the slightest margins. I like the Collison thing. You can probably have Collison on the relative cheat. Um, most people aren't ever in love with Darren Collison, even if they own Darren Collison. So maybe you want to target him. And Tyreek Evans, man, he, he always scares me a little bit because the bottom can drop out real fast with the injury history. But, yeah, I mean, he's another guy you could acquire there. I'm always big on Thad Young. I just think those steals are super valuable. And now that he might score a little bit more, um, he'd be another guy we're looking to acquire. But, I, I mean, they're all guys you probably acquire for somebody in that, you know, 80 to outside the top 100 range and hope to get some value back. Um, yeah, I would I would pick up Thad Young if he's available, simply because of the steals. And – uh, Darren Collison as well. Just, I think both of those guys are fantasy standard league relevant. And if you give them any bit of a, an uptick, I think they take advantage of it enough to be more than just kind of fringe players. I think that solidifies them into being a, a standard league value. 100%. Yeah. Actually looking back to that, uh, stint, uh, in late November, early December, where Oladipo was, uh, out Tyreek Evans did get a majority of the starts during that period of time. Now he didn't play, you know, 30 minutes a game. It was still is probably hovering in the 20, uh, five, well, about 27. If I'm doing some, uh, fake math here by just looking at the numbers, I'm probably hanging out in that 26 range, 26 minutes per game, but you had six minutes to, uh, Tyreek Evans and you could end up, you know, seeing some um, some standard league value. As a starter this season, he has averaged 25 minutes a game. Oh, you know, that's a good eye. Uh, 10.4 points, 1.8 steals, 0.1 blocks, 3.1 assists, 3.5 rebounds, 1.3 three-pointers. Yeah. And he shot a very terrible 34.5% from the field. Yeah, that's an issue. So and it's okay. eleven. It's eleven game. You know, very small sample size there. Uh, so you got to like the chance that he's going to probably get you know six or seven more minutes. You know, as in the games off the bench, he's only averaging eighteen point eight minutes. So uh, more minutes probably to come for Tyreek. But still, Pacers don't really seem super interested in giving him like thirty two. Yeah, probably I don't going to he... be like twenty seven. And also, like in those in those scenarios in the in the last few years where Tyreek Evans was more than fantasy relevant. I mean, like, he, he was in a much worse situation in Memphis with a lot more injuries, and he was really the only uh, point guard facilitator on that team. And, you know, he was 19-5-5 five five with, with a steal and some threes. You know, he's not shooting as well as he did in that Memphis season this year. Uh, significantly worse, in fact. But also, he's not the only facilitator on the team. So I'm not expecting uh, a top 50, top 60 return to form from Tyreek. But worth 
taking a flyer if you have a pretty crappy bench. I'm with you. And to be fair, he never really shot as good as last season, save one season with the Kings back in 2011, 2012. And 2012, 2013, I guess there were two. Yeah. Every, other se- every other season, like he's been in the relative 42, 43 range. He was 45 last year. You know, shout out to shout out to T, uh, Tyreek Evans. You know, shout hey. out to Tyreek Freak for uh, Freak Tyreek for staying around uh, in the league and uh, and still you know plans you know significant minutes. Shout out to him for for doing it after all these years. Well, he he's not quite to the level of Derrick Rose, obviously, but he's a similar situation where like yeah. there was this hot minute there where it looked like he was trending to being out of the league. Because of injuries, so you know what yeah. I mean. So bouncing back from that, I mean, gotta, gotta give anybody props for that. I think he was, I think he was almost out of the league. Uh, so shout out to him for uh, staying, staying with it, working hard, and, and, and getting back into the game. Um, speaking of Derrick Rose, Tyler, Derrick Rose is the first player on your list for our buy low segment. Uh, Derek Rose, like like we were have been talking about all year. I'll, any excuse to talk about Derek Rose for me, but um, easily the you know the most improved player this year, maybe the comeback player of the year, whatever it used to be called, um, should be an All Star based on voter turnout. Will probably get snubbed by the players and the coaches and the media and all all the politics around not getting Derek Rose into the All Star game. Um, is Derrick Rose all-star caliber? Hey, he's average. This is what Derrick Rose is averaging. 19 and, and five with three rebounds, shooting 48%. Shout out to Derrick Rose. But over the last few weeks, month or so, he, you know, his shooting percentage has started to trend down. Um, and on, on top of that, he's been playing a, a few less minutes. So Tyler, you know, is that a sign of things to come? Or are you, as, as you are indicating, since he's on your list for buy low, figuring this is a temporary setback in what is otherwise a very good comeback year for Derrick Rose? Well, I think it all starts here with the Jeff Teague thing, right? He's got a foot injury. Now, they're yeah. listing him as a questionable for Thursday's game. But from everything I've heard, this is basically – it has to do with the ankle injury that cost him over two weeks from mid-December to early January. Now he came back, he's played a little bit. Now he's got a foot issue. So we're going to find out real fast here. If Jeff Teague is good to go and can play on Thursday, then maybe you don't necessarily want to buy Derrick Rose. But if Jeff Teague's out, I think Jeff Teague might be out a while. You know, he missed Tuesday's game. And... I don't know, man. This thing is scary in the sense that they're they're you know describing it as kind of a flare up of that injury. He missed two weeks with that injury, so if this flared back up, you got to think he's going to spend a good minute on the sideline. And Tyus Jones is out too, so I don't know who else would play point guard on the Timberwolves but Derrick Rose. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't even think if Tyus Jones was around. They yeah, but Tyus like Jones 35 could at least... minutes to, to Tyus Jones. No, no, but Tyus Jones could at least siphon some minutes away from Rose. Right now, 
it's it's rose or bust as far as point guards go you know what i mean like with that second unit they're gonna what make andrew wiggins the main ball handler like they don't really have much else so you can see rose playing some massive massive like 35 36 minutes a game just because they don't have anybody else right now till one of those two gets healthy and you could see probably like five six assists 20 points a game like three rebounds you know, the Rose has never been a great steals and blocks guy, but you could be in for some real good fantasy goodness from Derrick Rose, um, at least over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, he's still standardly relevant. Points are points and assists are assists. And if he's it's hard to um it's hard to look away from any starting point guard other than if you live in Orlando. Uh one of you know, one of the uh, most embarrassing uh set of I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I, I thought the Bulls GM nonsense was embarrassing, but like he, he still got Phoenix and and, and Dude, Orlando hanging around oh, the league. Here's Orlando. Here's why Orlando's the worst. They draft good players, but they only become good once they get traded away from Orlando. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I think it's in the water down there. Who knows what what Disney's putting in the water down there. Um, I mean, actually, we should probably edit that out in case we ever want to get sponsored by any of the Disney conglomerate people. But, um, yeah, like every single like, – you can name a huge, just giant list of players who left Orlando and became either better or, like, went from good to great or went from, like, who's this guy to, like, oh, that guy's like, one of the better players in the league. Where did he come from? No He's doubt a, about that. We huge, just talked about one. Yeah. Uh, Godspeed to Oladipo getting out of Orlando and uh, proving that he's like a, a premier. Like there were, there were like what didn't make any sense in Orlando was, I mean, remember this sequence of events? Oladipo was pretty good, but we didn't know if he was a point guard or a shooting guard. He wasn't really either one. Uh, and it was before teams realized like there's no such thing as a positionless basketball. Then they drafted a non-shooting point guard, which didn't make any sense. Um, then they decided to have a bring in a coach who didn't want to. And Oladipo was starting to like blow up and almost like get close to you know getting triple doubles and being like just really good, especially fantasy player, but just a really good all-around player. And then they brought in a coach who played him like twenty-four minutes a game and brought him off the bench. <laughs> Well, you and I talked about that that whole season, right? When Scott Skiles was the coach, is like, yeah, what the fuck is, is Victor Oladipo not their best player? Turned out Victor Oladipo really freaking good. Not just their best player, easily their best player. Um, you know, unless you want to call Vucevic, like he Vucevic is give him a, a run, but like the better player overall is Victor Oladipo. He's the best player on the damn team, and you know, you just gotta wonder what the hell kind of decision making is going on on there where you let someone like that not go for like not that much. You never even come close to uh, realize, like you don't even realize his potential, but you see his potential and don't do anything about it is even more damning. Well, and I mean, they got rid of Tobias Harris too. Tobias Harris is blowing up on the Clippers now. Yeah, that guy's pretty good. I've heard of that guy. He's he's very good. Uh, so you know, shout out to Orlando for being a crappy city and a crappy, a horribly run uh, franchise as well. Um, man, I. It just it, it just baffles me. Who would you rather have as a coach, Scott Skiles or Jim Boylan? Um, 
Neither. Very, very similar mold. Uh, I'm still going Scott Skiles. Still well, going Scott Skiles. I don't know, man. You can have Jim Boyland a lot cheaper. I think that's why the Bulls want him. Uh, financial champions, 20 years running. Got Mello on the team, saving that cash. Getting out of the tax. Getting that trade exception. Uh, the Bulls. I'm not. I'm not. I refuse to go to any more games this year. That's just how bad I can't take it anymore. Uh, you'll be at one. Don't lie to yourself. Yeah, I might end up at one. Um, it's a cold. It's a. Day, it's a cold damn winter here in Chicago. We got to do something. Let's. Speaking of the Chicago Bulls, a lot of good segues in this episode. Chris Dunn, uh, also on your buy low list. Uh, kind of a he came back from injury at the beginning of December and uh, looked like he was kind of going to get back into it, uh, getting good assist numbers, getting the, the steals that uh, Chris Dunn is known for that we we kind of pegged him. Uh, he's he's averaging 1.5 steals a game last year. He was closer to two. Um, so he's uh, only been playing about 30 minutes a game. And last year he averaged around 30 minutes a game as well. We really thought, you know, he would, the, we'd see a big bump in his minutes. And I don't know if he's had a little setback here with some really bad performances and really bad shooting performances where, you know, I, I'm not even sure he's trusting a shot that much, uh, but this has got to be as bad as Chris Dunn plays this year. Wouldn't you say? Well, and I think you're seeing his minutes limited a little bit by blowout games. And he, so well, that's, that, uh, uh, Tyler, that's not going to change. I'm There's with gonna, you. They're going to be uh, at least 50 blowout games. Uh, I'm with you. They don't but, even have 50 games left. Um, here's the thing I'll say about it. You can't lose by 30 every game. You just can't. You can't do it. Mm. Is that true? Um, And in the games where they're only losing by... 10 or less he is playing significantly more minutes um he the, the really the over the last month he's playing 31 minutes a game so in the month of january which is over the span of 11 games it's killed by a 35 point loss to the warriors where only played 25 minutes a yeah. uh 20 Eight-point loss to the Magic, where he played 28 minutes, and a 20-point loss to the Hawks tonight, where he only played 27 minutes. Every other game, he's 30 or more, and I think, you know, that's three out of 11 games. I think you're going to see less blowouts by bigger margins than that. So I think he's probably pretty safe to play like 32 minutes a game. In 32 minutes a game, Chris Dunn super valuable. Shooting the ball a little bit better this year. I think that's actually just a growth thing. Uh, it's going to get you like six and a half, seven assists, about four and a half rebounds, probably pretty close to two steals, half a block, and like 14 points. Chris Dunn going to be very good. Haven't seen the best of him yet. Definitely buying on Chris Dunn right now. Yeah. I, I He can't – well, that's not true. He could, he could get worse. But I don't think he's going to. And – uh, like you're saying, he's had some. He's dealt with some blowouts. He's dealt with some bad games. He's been shooting really, really poorly. He's under 40 percent over the last, you know, w- what looks like eight games or so. But the steal numbers are there. The half a block a game is still there, and he's 
go to run point for this this Bulls team. If you could see his percentage, his shooting percentage go up a little bit, maybe he gets a little bit more confident in his three point shot. Um, he's going to produce the lines that I think we saw last year, and potentially once he feels uh, gets into playing speed, uh, gets into playing shape. Uh, it could be a little bit better than last year. And right now he is borderline, even a, even a standard league player. So if you could buy him for literally nothing, or if he's on your waiver wire, uh, I think he's a must pick up. The next guy on this list, Tyler is a point guard. And I, I feel like I've given up on, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't give up on him. Maybe he's a secret hero of uh, the second half, you know, he's certainly done it before talking about our boy, Ricky Rubio, who has been an enigma for the last few seasons, ever since he went to Utah, the assists have been down. The playing quality has been sporadic. Um, and, you know, we kind of were up on him going into this draft and he has really, really just, you know, underperformed um not not just not been doing ricky rubio things but last year over the second half he put together a really really nice stretch do you, is that what you're seeing in the cards for uh, ricky rubio as we move forward with this season oh my man ricky rubio so I'll, I'll go back to the game that we played here a little bit earlier where is ricky rubio you mentioned you weren't super big on his stat line no. so we'll look at per game stats where's the old rickster rank and so far this season the, this is the rickster rank game yep hmm let's see he's not getting the assists I know the steals are down because I was kind of relying on him to get some damn steals this year. And he's shooting really, really poorly. And he's playing less. Like, he just keeps playing less and less. And I know he was out for the last, you know, couple weeks or something like that. Um, I get it. He might still be injured, you know. I'm guessing he's ranked, uh, like, in the 140, 150 Maybe even 160. Maybe I'm going to go with 160. Oh, you are killing yourself, Michael. See, now here's what the Rickster does that most people don't understand, okay, is the rebounds are relatively good for a point guard. Like three and a half rebounds for point guard ain't that bad. Perfectly fine. Um, Actually good. The assists Not as good as they used to be. The assists overall are very down, right? Like we're not seeing many guys getting – eight, nine, 10 assists. So his six are actually a positive value and a rather significantly positive value. That makes sense because assists are down, have been going down for the last like five, six, seven years uh, across the board because the ball's moving a lot more and a lot more people are getting uh, assists instead of having a ball dominant point guard. So do you know what the even assist value, relatively even assist value oh, is this season? That's a really good question. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with like four. 3.2 would be wow. a neutral assist value on this season. Interesting. Yes. I would like to see a historical uh, spreadsheet. That's how that's how cool I am. I'd like to see the historical break-even point of assists over the last decade. So on per-game numbers, he is the 82nd ranked player on the season. Wow. No, that can't be true. I don't believe it. 
just ahead of Jeff Teague. I don't believe it. Um, and a lot of it has to do with he's a very he's a positive value in steals. He's a positive value in assists. He's a relatively neutral value in three pointers. Uh, one point six is a neutral value in three pointers. Okay. So and then you know he's giving you a, a pretty big boost in free throws. Now he's not taking a ton, but he's shooting eighty four percent, which is very good. Um, and he's hovering kind of right around that midline in, in a lot of categories. So there's that to be said that he's underrated. Now, when you look deeper at the numbers, okay, he has only played 41 games this year, so he's missed a, a decent chunk of time. The things that's killing his minutes are blowouts, and he, when he got injured, he played five minutes against the Bucks. And now he's had a couple games where he's ramping back up, where he's only played 14 and 17 minutes. He's relatively playing 31 to 32 minutes a game, like 31 and a half minutes a game as a starter at full health. Okay. So he's got that going for him. And he should be back to that level relatively quickly. Throw in the fact that he's gotten better every second half pretty much for his entire career. And this is the guy I want to buy. I think the numbers are going to be, like I said, about two and a half minutes up from the season stats you're seeing, meaning he's going to get a little boost in pretty much every category, probably be closer to one and a half steals, like 13, 13 and a half points, 6.2 assists, right around four rebounds. I think that's going to pretty push in the top 50 again. I mean, I would, uh, I'm, I'm, top 50 seems very, I don't know. Seems aggressive. Seems very aggressive. Oh, um, Mike. I, okay, I will it just bet does. You. Seems very aggressive. You got to give me on one one more week till he gets back to playing thirty minutes. Okay. So, what day would that be? February first. From February first on, I bet you Rubio is a top fifty player. I will take that bet. All right, it is on. Put that one on the board, listeners, if you're keeping track at home. Patreon uh, subscribers, if you're keeping track on the Patreon site, which we probably will. We should start keeping track of those bets on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, be sure to tweet at us the results of that at Tyler P. Watts at watch the boxes. Um, Ricky Rubio, top 50 player, February 1st on. Good luck, Tyler. I just don't think it's going to happen. But let's let's talk about another Utah Jazz player here on your list, Joe Ingles, who has really fallen off. Um, someone who was ranked in, I believe, you know, I think he was, uh, if we go to totals, because he played all of his games last season, he was a top 40 player in totals in nine cat leagues last year. So shout out to Joe Ingles. This year, not so much. Uh, still a, a top 80 player in totals, but uh, his per game value has dropped significantly uh, along with his field goal percentage. He is playing very poor basketball, Um, but what's still there, as Tyler usually alludes to, is the steals. Actually, the steals are a little bit better this year. The rebounds and assists and the threes. All the counting stats, they're all still there. It's just simply that field goal percentage and the and, and the points that usually go along with that field goal percentage that have disappeared so uh tyler are you just, are you just thinking like it can't get any worse for joe Ingles this year 
Well, and when you look at the percentages, like he's just flukily shot poorly. Like the dude over over seven hundred attempts has shot forty four percent from three point range. Yeah, he's he's shooting forty three percent on the season, but over the last month he's under forty percent right now. Right. So I think we just saw a really cold snap from Ingles and it's kind of boosted his value down significantly. And, you know, the fact that he's only played 48 games matters. I just think this dude's a really good three-point shooter. He's really efficient. He's really effective. I'm going to buy Joe Ingles now and assume that he gets back to that, you know, previous level. And I know some people that are like super out on this guy, right? That Oh, he's fluky and he doesn't score a ton. Right. He just he's good across the board. And those are people that guys want to give up on, especially when they're shooting poorly and they keep seeing poor game after poor game after poor game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that he gets dropped in some standard leagues. I think he'd be had for on the cheap right now. You mentioned it. He's still a top 80 player overall. I bet you could trade guy outside the top 100 for him in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I think you could like he I, I, he might be on the outskirts of a, a lot of leagues. He, no one, no one really is having faith in Joe this year, and he's been bad for. Well, he's been underperforming for, like I said, about a month. And I think once once you reach that month point, people get real sick of you. Yeah, and then you know it, it is what it is, obviously. But I think it's just a little bit of fluky shooting, and I think it's going to bounce back relatively quickly. Um. Yeah, I agree. He can't get much worse, and if you can get him for nothing. Uh, it's worth having a kind of one of those multi-tool guys on your team. Um, get, get your uh, just kind of chip away at the rebounds, blocks, or excuse me, rebounds, steals, and assists, uh, and three pointers over the course of a of a week. Uh, he might hurt you in some other, um, you know, statistical categories. But especially if you're in a, a head-to-head league where you're punting certain you know percentages and point, maybe even in a weird point uh, punting points league yeah, even if you're punting points league i'd still if you're not punting points i would i would maybe even look at this guy because of the assists rebounds and steals threes combo that is uh, hard to find with anybody else that's what made him so appealing last year um the last guy on this list is someone that you're always following closely because tyler you are often writing about the dallas mavericks and this guy is coming back uh had a pretty Good game in his in his comeback, so it might be a little uh, dire time to get him on your roster. This is Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, returning to the lineup just uh, when last night and uh, played 36 minutes. That's super promising. 17 and eight with four or 17 eight rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Um, why why do you like Dennis Smith Jr.'s going into I guess the second half of the season. So any way you slice this pie, things are going to get better from Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. Um, he's the 124th ranked player on the season. Okay. So that's not, that's not great. Right. But that's still standard league relevant. Now he's only playing 28 minutes a game on the year. Okay. But do you know what happened with the Mavericks? A couple weeks ago, old J.J. Barea went down, and he tore his Achilles. We not, talked about this. Not old, not old J.J. Um, so we did, we did talk about this. 
so now the basically, I mean, Luka Doncic not being a point guard, right, in the sense that he can't guard the other team's point guard. The only other point guard they have to play now is Jalen Brunson, okay? So you got to think, and you mentioned he played 37 minutes in his first game back, you got to think that Dennis Smith Jr. is going to get 30 to 32 minutes a game at the very least, okay? So put that check mark in the bank, more minutes, okay? Now, he's also shown some big improvements in his shooting, specifically his three-point shooting this year. So being relatively more efficient is going to matter, obviously. Um, I think he can shoot like 44%. I think he can shoot like 36% on his three-pointers, both good. The fact that Luke is there helps him with that. The assists probably aren't going to be at five level like they were, but they're probably going to be like four and a half, which is still pretty decent. Right, probably get you like three rebounds. The steals are up. I don't see any reason they're not going to be up because he's asked being asked to do less on offense. I think that's allowing him to do more on defense. I just think Dennis Smith Jr. probably sneaks into the top 100 here for the rest of the season because he's playing more minutes. He's going to start, and if he gets traded, basically his camp has told the Mavericks right if he wants to be traded to somewhere where he's the starting point guard and going to have the ball in his hands. So even if that situation happens, it might ding his efficiency a little bit, but you're going to see more counting stats. So anyway, you slice this pie, I feel like Dennis Smith Jr. is only going to get better the rest of the way, and he's probably going to be a top 100 player. Yeah. Um, I, I, top 100 is uh, probably, I don't know, it's, it's within the realm of reality for sure. Uh, and especially if he gets moved to where he's the focal point of the offense on a team where he's the star. Uh, starting point guard anyway. And even though he starts here, you know, Luca's always playing. Per game, okay. So there are four point guards guards hovering right around that 100 mark. And when you're looking at per game. Okay. Okay, you you ready ready for the four point guards? There's Spencer Dimwitty. Okay. Lonzo Ball. Trey Uh Young. And Marcus Smart. Wow. Now, a lot of those guys like have better steals and block numbers or better assist numbers, but yeah. who's going to have the better efficiency? Save, eliminate Spencer Dimwitty, right? Like from all those other guys, the better efficiency is going to come from Dennis Smith Jr. If you look at Dimwitty's stat line, like Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be better in most every category except for points and assists. And feel free and the percentages, you know what I mean? But like he's gonna get probably double the steal Spencer did when he's getting. So hmm. if he can average like 14 points, that's only three less points than Dim when he's getting right now. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it's definitely very possible. Uh yeah, like I said, within the realm of uh, of re, uh, of potential realities, as we uh talked about in the beginning of the podcast, time is a flat circle. And this reality is could be one of the realities in that circle. So, Tyler, uh, I'm with you in a uh, agreeing that Dennis Smith Jr. is a buy low. Um, I think that is it for this episode. Tyler, do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh, well, if you're into the, the Dallas Mavericks and the trade deadline, you are going to see a ton of pieces on moves the Mavericks should make things they should do, why trading Dennis Smith Jr. away is a mistake. Um, I have that piece 
it will be live probably by the time you listen to this. And um, that's real interesting because I compare him to three other point guards who are now big names and all-stars. Um, so oh. that's, that's kind of a fun one. Oh, line. interesting. Uh, the, 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 I, if you people want to check that out, Tyler, how, how should they... How should they figure out when you're going to write all these articles about the Mavericks? Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Most of the stuff gets uh, retweeted there. Um, you can also check out the website. It's called thesmokingcuban.com. And then I'll still have my weekly article out for hashtag basketball on who to stream for next week to win your head-to-head league, which is one of my favorite things to do in the week. That is a great article uh definitely follow tyler at tyler p watts you can follow me at watch the boxes and if you guys like what you're listening to please rate and review us we really appreciate that tell a friend pass this along to people you play with in your fantasy basketball leagues um and if you don't if you think they're gonna get a a, if you have a if you feel like you have the unfair advantage because you listen to this podcast well guess what you can get a even more unfair advantage by subscribing to the Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes, where you get to hear these podcasts before anyone else. Uh, and we appreciate our Patreon subscribers. You help keep this show running. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. We appreciate you. We appreciate all our listeners. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>